Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome into a special edition of Monday Scramble. We are looking at the best of 2015. And just like a player trying to add a new shot to his repertoire, we are looking to add podcasts to the golfchannel.com ensemble. I've already screwed up, so we're off to a good start. Along with Jay Coffin, Randy Mel, Ryan Lavner, I'm Will Gray. You know, before we get this show started, yes. though, is, is it 2015 or 2015? I you know I, I, I say twenty I, two, I, I like two thousand I can't continue I I actually think it wasn't, there's an AP it wasn't style, twenty and nine I, no but it was twenty ten and twenty I, I believe it's I believe there's actually an AP style on twenty and it's twenty fifteen but the carry so on I feel how, how annoying is it when your editor edits your conversation <laughs> it's getting up <laughs> there it's, it's going from there. it's going from copy to conversation <laughs> oh jeez yeah. it's a bold new world yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know we're he's already gonna, off the rails ninety he, seconds into this he's going to delete one of us before the show's over too not it it's you not it. <laughs> All right, so whatever year you want to call it, 2015, 2015, it was a big year in golf. A lot of big tournaments, a lot of big winners, Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, Lydia Inby, beat goes on and on. Brian, what's your takeaway? You well, like? it's the year of Spieth, obviously. Two okay. majors, five wins, $22 million in earnings. Decent. He literally put the game in a chokehold this year, and it's, he's the baby-faced Assassin. Kid of, the, kid of the sport at, at 22. It's it's a remarkable year. Yeah, that that's we've ever seen. Oh, the the major run almost at the British Open, almost making it historic epic. Yeah, that it could have been the greatest year ever if he'd have been able to pull that one off. Yeah, that's yeah. The, so that's the main takeaway. But to me, it's still it's still it's good to see that there are so many top stories of the year. I mean, you can, it had been Tiger dominated over the last 20 years. And yeah, you'd have the random Phil and the VJ and Duval over the last 20 years, but now it is Spieth, but Tiger's still there, not for good reasons. And Day, Lydia, Park, the Solheim Cup. I mean, you go down, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff to write and talk and about. And that shows you how good, good Spieth's really year was, good. because yeah. Tiger's yeah. year was so traumatic yes. that he's well, still not what people are talking about right now. It's still Jordan Spieth. I, I also think that it showed once and for all that golf is going to survive Tiger. Yes, it's good but for the golf. The game is, is fine. Without, with Tiger shooting a million and a half, it's going to be okay. If so, we were talking about Tiger being the story of the year, golf might be in trouble right now. Yeah. Well, it's still off there. Yeah. He's still 1B. He's, he's a two, solid. He's a comfortable two. Golf he's a, he's a comfortable two. two. Yeah. Comfortable two. Imagine being that, a comfortable two. That'd be nice. <laughs> All right, well, let's go back to uh, the man that, that Ryan Lavner has adorned as the champion golfer of the year even though it belongs to Zach Jones. Uh, so it's the year of Spieth. And from five wins, FedEx Cup, Masters, the U.S. Open, chasing the Grand Slam, $22 million, as you alluded to. I mean, it was, a, it was a year unlike one that we've seen by anyone not named Tiger Woods, and we certainly didn't expect it to come from someone who just turned 22 this summer. Yeah, I mean, he's basically the youngest ever. Whatever. Young, fill in the blank. Youngest ever anything, or at least in that conversation, if, if it wasn't Tiger, it's, it's certainly Spieth now. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to St. Andrews though, because to me that was the most impressive thing that Jordan Spieth did this year. I know he won the Masters by a lot. And he <laughs> whatever, won whatever. He went by five. Whatever. The US okay. Open. He probably should have <laughs> lost that one. But come on. But the most impressive thing he did was go to St. Andrews with all of that Grand Slam pressure. He had two and a half days to prepare at St. Andrews for a course that's supposed to have, course knowledge is supposed to be so important. The only time he played it was on his home simulator. And he goes right. out and shoots right. a great score in the first round and was tied for the lead with two holes to right. play with all that pressure. But he on still him. didn't win. That that can't look look, I, I I applaud you trying to go out on a limb. That can't be the most impressive thing that Jordan the most impressive thing that a twenty one year old young man did can't be flying to Scotland and finishing second. Yeah. That, that can't that can't it's be like the most important. You, you and I flew to Scotland, got right off the plane and went and, and go, we went played and terrible. played golf. We, we played, played terrible, terrible right but, but it was impressive that I was able to get off the plane after flying all night and going to and play stand. golf. If I can do it, somebody half my age can, there, can, go do, can go do it. So while it was impressive, there ain't no way in hell it was the most, most impressive, impressive thing that he did this year. But See, now was, you're already trying to qualify your own, your own statement. You're going down here. Randy, be the voice of reason. But, but when were you pressed closest to the television set during golf this year? On the 71st hole at St. Andrews. Well, maybe the 70th hole. Uh, yeah. But right, at, right the in there. That was when golf was the most interesting, potentially most magical, because if he wins this thing, oh, man, he has a chance for the Grand Slam, go to the PGA Championship. That 40 exactly. Yeah. That was the, you have got to be kidding me, mode of the year. Even more so than the one that he made before at Chambers Bay, also on 16th. I, I may or may not have yelped when that pop went in. <laughs> so you did. A, really paint the picture yeah. there. How, <laughs> how did that sound, Ryan? Like a... <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is ironically yeah. it, wow. pretty much what I would have expected <laughs> yeah. from you. And no offense to Zach Johnson, but it was a little deflating when you realized he couldn't Win it. It was a great victory for Zach Johnson, but we all wanted. Didn't we all want to go to the PGA Championship, looking to see if yeah. the guy could pull off? Well, even the whole playoff was, was a little anticlimactic. The whole media horde followed Spieth into the into the press den afterward. No one was out watching the playoff. Yeah. No offense to Zach Johnson, but yeah. at that point, Spieth was still the story. All right. Well, let's dial things back. I know that you were you love his performance at St Andrews, but he did kind of win the Masters by like <laughs> seventy five shots, and he hit some ridiculous shots. He finished second the year before. Everyone's thinking, no, oh, that was nice. He'll be contending eventually. But no one really expected him to come out and blow the doors off that field. Yeah, I mean, that really just shows you Spieth's ceiling as a, as a player. It was near flawless. He let it go a little bit in the third round. I think one of the best shots of Spieth's year was that flop 18. shot that he hit on 18, third round. Things started yes. to be getting yep. a little bit out of control. But to be able to hit that flop shot over the bunker onto a downslope to 10 feet and then can the puck. That's right in the Lavender wheelhouse. I've seen yeah. that shot. That's a that's a shank into the into the gallery for sure. Yeah, yeah um, to have that kind of consistency for the you know we've talked about a lot and not overpower any of these golf courses, right? To not be the be the bomber, to to lead basically wire wire at the Masters and then do what he did at the U.S. Open for those first two and not hit at 320, is is even more impressive to me, right? He's not overpowering. He's not slinging it around trees like Bubba Watson. Uh, that's that's not what he's doing, but he's using strategy and precision and this crazy... Wedges this, and putting. This crazy putting. It's a different yeah. formula it for is. success. And, and it's it's refreshing because we're sort of we're sort of programmed to know that bombers are going to be are going to contend and win these things. And even at the Masters, you go back. Remember, it was wet that week, and you come in with Bubba as the defending champ. You've got Rory looking for the career Grand Slam. Yeah. The wet conditions it seemed like well, it's going to help everyone except little Jordan Spieth, who can only hit it two ninety five or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That these guys are going to just whale it and they're going to carry it over every tree and every corner. And then he comes in and just runs the show from the very beginning. See, I also find it interesting because when Zach Johnson 
That's a similar kind of game. He's a yeah. mid-length hitter. He's a good iron player and great wedge and putter. Watching Zach Johnson play, no disrespect to him, just wasn't that exciting. But speed, there's an element of surprise to what he's going to do. You don't know if he's going to talk to his golf ball, if he's going to yeah. send one out of bounds or hit some kind of squirrely shot and make some heroic putt once again. Yeah, that's the fun thing, I think, about watching him because he isn't that power player that awes people, but he is entertaining. He's Palmer-esque in the way that he invites you out there. It's like you're playing alongside him because he's talking to you. you know, he's talking to his ball, but he's talking to you too. You feel like you, himself. he brings you into a round, and it's very entertaining, and it's nice to have a number one player in the world who's like that. And actually, we look at the top three, and they're all engaging in that way. We're hashtag blessed for sure. Yeah. Wow. Take it there. That's good. All right. Well, moving on now. Uh, in terms of more impressive feat, winning the Masters or winning the U.S. Open slash being there when Dustin Johnson decided to give the tournament away. Oh, I'd say the Masters for sure. I, I, I think it's Even the Masters. He, I, I, I think it's the Masters because it's the first, and until you get the first, until you win your first, there's you're, you're just you, you just don't know if it's in you. You think it is, but until you do it, it it's. It really is a toss-up, though. I mean, I don't feel super passionately about it because I know how much pressure there was at the U.S. Open, the at guy. Chambers Bay, at the, was... at the place where his caddy was yeah. the man for all those years. So, but I don't think that, but I don't think it would have been crazy if he hadn't have won the U.S. Open. So I, I still think it's the first, you know, because of what happened a year ago. I, I think I'm going to have the Masters, but, you know, if you tell me it's the, it's the U.S. Open, I'm not going to yell at you. Randy, are you going to tell me it's the U.S. Open? <laughs> I would like to just to argue with Jay because it's fun to argue with Jay, but because okay. uh, it's it, it's it, it's easy to kick his butt in an argument. But um, no, this one I can't. I can't. Uh, the Masters, yeah, because for the same re the reasons I think are when a guy comes that close, there are scars, and when he gets back there, he can want it too badly, and um, and it's it, and you never know. You think, yeah, Rory McIlroy, uh, he's he's going to win one, but. But we don't know. You know, he shot that 80. He came back determined that one year when he shot the 80, uh, when he had a chance to win it, came back determined. But, you know, he, he hasn't got himself back in the hunt yet. But Jordan immediately did. He, he took those scars and, and turned them into a victory immediately. Yeah. All right, well, we're going really down the rabbit hole here. But do you think he wins the U.S. Open if he didn't win the Masters two months before? Does he need that confidence boost of having the green jacket to be able to hold on down the stretch? To make the putts and have that confidence boost. I say, I say no. Yeah, I, obviously, I you know, there's, there's no way of knowing, but I, I say no. I just, just the determination on on his face on that Sunday because it didn't, it wasn't flawless golf on Sunday from from Jordan yeah. Speed. Everybody kind of kind of leaked. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I and I think but if, now if we maybe get the confidence to know exactly to know if I just hang in here, you know, other guys are gonna they screw never won this their up first before me. Before I know what it's Absolutely. like to try and win your first major. These guys Absolutely. are going through those emotions. Yeah. I have the upper hand. Yeah, so I, you know, while we don't know, I feel pretty pretty confident in thinking that he would not have won that U.S. Open yeah. if he didn't pull up the Masters. So first, first, T4, as Lavner so eloquently pointed out, it was not a runner-up, but a T4 finish at the Open. And then second at the PGA. Where does Speed's year, and specifically the year in majors, rank all time? Man, I... Certainly one of the best ever. It is. Is it better than Tiger uh, 2000? No. Oh, come on. No. Tiger is it probably than is. Tiger 2005? No. If Spieth, no. I think I calculated, if Spieth won the PGA, it would have been Biggest. better statistically than his 
other two, than t other Tigers two majors. Yeah. Okay, that's that little word if yes. that's huge right. there. But yeah, it's I mean, close. It was a score well, that would have won all, close, all but, but was... one PGA's outright. Yeah, Come on. Right. It's got to be behind Byron Nelson. It's got to be behind when Hogan won three times. What Tigers got a couple of years. So I don't know. Is it it's, even it's top, top five? Yeah. Top ten. Top ten. Top ten. I, I, I'll give it a top ten. I'm, I don't think I'm ready to give it a top five. All right, I think that's that's probably pretty fair. And, I, scary, and the scary thing, you is, know what? Will, He's got some time. The scary <laughs> thing is, has it's possible that this is the best it's ever going to get for speed. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You don't really think about that, but at twenty-two, you can peak. Tigers. You're such a naysayer. I mean, you're so statistically, <laughs> historically, correct. That's yeah. not going to happen. Very likely, again. it's never yeah. going to get better than this. I, I agree. Yeah. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of makes me sad. Yeah. Well, at least, Take I, the day at least off, I feel Jordan. like I feel like you knew it at the time. Like there was there was no part about this this summer that caught you off guard. You were able to soak it all in and be like, "Holy crap, we are witnessing something that we have never seen before. May not never may never see again for twenty or thirty years." I mean, it was we were able to live in the moment with him. But you're right; it, he could be downhill from twenty two, like a Taylor Swift song. And now Spieth gets what three weeks off where he can. <laughs> try to process yeah. what he just went through over the past 50 weeks and yeah. kind of game plan for how he could possibly come up with an encore. How did this go from celebrating Spieth's great year to he's washed yeah. up? <laughs> well, speaking of, see, this is what we call in the industry a segue, Randy Bell, because now, speaking of washed up, we have Tiger Woods. Because not only was Jordan Spieth on the rise, but this year Tiger was on the decline with a speed the likes of which we have not seen in a good long while. We had yips, we had activated glutes, we had one top ten at the Wyndham that totally came out of left field, and now we have more back surgeries and arguably the most depressing news conference I've ever seen at the Hero World Championship. And the weird uh, hand-arm injury that we almost yes, forgot about. Yes, that he fixed himself, uh, which is yeah. amazing. He just popped it back into place. Yeah, oh, I mean, boy. No biggie. I mean, who hasn't done that? Well, maybe at, like, <laughs> one in the morning. But like, ah, oh, we're fine. I'll walk, I'll walk it off, rub some dirt in it. It'll be good. But, you know, eventually you wake up in the morning. Maybe he did. Maybe his hand was hurting the next day. But... Uh, yeah, this was a crazy surreal yeah. year. For he had Tiger more Woods. back surgeries than he had than he had breakups, and top relationships, right? And top tens. Yeah. Top tens. So yeah, that's exactly. Or top so, I mean, that, that's the thing, and it, it, it is just uh, there are just so many ways to go with Tiger, and none of them are positive. No, the only relative positive would be Wyndham, but he played terribly on Sunday and couldn't keep it together for four days in a row, which we kind of already knew. So, maybe so the shame Masters, on us for, for knowing that. The yeah, Masters in hindsight, but even at the time, you expected it to be a harbinger of bigger things. Yeah. It's only that looking back at the fact that, wow, he, was fixed he really Masters. sucked yeah. for like four straight months, that now maybe yeah. that T-17 was better than we thought. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And, and those... Those yips, it's still, look, whether whether you like Tiger, you know, uh, we know how polarizing he is, and whether you like Tiger Woods or you dislike Tiger Woods, it was hard to watch him skull it all over Phoenix. It, that was hard to watch. Like, I, I don't know anybody, I mean, all my buddies just talking, just water cooler talk. I, who took took great joy in watching this great champion of our lifetime just slap it everywhere? I mean, he was trying to avoid hitting it over bunkers because yeah. he couldn't chip it over a bunker. He was going to skull it into the bunker or where. Like, that was hard to watch. And we talked about that Y word. We talked about yips for months on end. And then came back, the master did what he did, made us think that, okay, maybe there, he was completely rid of the yips. And then, but then, then we get back to the green greens when he was in contention, the pressure was there. We had some pretty chunky, slappy. We had some some nasty little shots. So, Jay Coffin-esque shots. Man, it was, hey, that's either, a, that's either, again either. in the But it was, it was all over the map for this guy, man. Yeah. I mean, so, there just was nothing he didn't he didn't do this year other than play well. We, we saw his body worn down all year long and what's happening there. And you wonder how that affects him mentally. 
how that wears him down because clearly, we, clearly affected him. Yeah, it, we we almost sense it in his talk um, at the Hero World Challenge, where it was the things that we weren't hearing and detecting from him that stood out. It was. Uh, we weren't hearing the determination. Yes, he's going to be back. He's going to challenge that he's Jack's so close. record. He's, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The tiger speak buzzwords that we've come to know. Well, and, and, love that's, and that's what's there. sort of bizarre too is that you know we sort of hammer him, you know, uh, for for using those buzzwords. You know, hey, I'm close. It's just about I need more reps. I mean, and you're is. like, and you're like, good God, Tiger, come on. You you don't. It, no, it's not. And then but, a month later, it's like, oh, well. You know, I'm a vice I, captain, right. and, and I'm, you know, and I'm just I'm not walking rehabbing. the beach. And, it was but, like, and I want to be a plus like, assistant. Yeah. yeah, but this has never been about what we believe. It's always been about what he believed. And I think his language, the things he's but saying, reveals kind of maybe how what he believes has changed. There's a sense of resignation now. Yeah. And there's also been a sense yeah. of, it seemed like for so long he was trying to convince himself with, with a lot of those, you know, try saying it is what it is and, and all the buzzwords and that I'm close. It's almost like if I say it enough times, it's going to it's going to come true. And then but you're right. The, the air was out of the balloon in the Bahamas and you just sat there and it's like, holy cow, what has happened to this guy? Because this was the year we came into this year. He had just picked up Chris Como. He's this was everyone knew he's going to turn 40 at the end of the year. And this was the start of one last great charge yeah. that he's healthy. He has momentum. He's going to get back to where he was in 2013. And the wheels absolutely doubt and uncertainty, the great enemies of a champion, and the depth of uncertainty at the Hero World Challenge. You know, we've never heard it to that depth. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a look now. There was certainly some talk from Tiger at the Hero just about how his career in general has played out to this point. It was interesting to hear. I think pretty much everything you know, beyond this has been, will be gravy. You know, I've won. You know, I, I passed Jack on an all-time you know, win list. Uh, I'm just shy of, of Sam. I passed Sam basically a decade ago in major championships. Um, but I'm still shy of Jack's. Um, so I've, I've had a pretty good career from my 20s and 30s. Uh, for my 20 years out here, I, I think I've, I've achieved a lot. And uh, if that's all it entails, then I've had a pretty good run. So this mm -hmm. sounds like a guy who is who's done. He's willing to yeah. just look back at here is my complete body of work, which is a total 180 from anything we have heard from Tiger, even up until and through the summer. Yeah, the whole gravy comment, right? Anything more than this oh is, is gravy? Tiger Weird. Woods, man. What are you, yeah, he's basically he's, waving a white flag. I, yeah, I think he is. He's he's yeah he's he's basically he's signing the white flag. And he's framing it. But at, he's at the same us, time, look, he almost sounds relieved, in a sense. He, he said that you know. The 18 majors wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Everyone thought that that was just his, his guiding principle in life, but it wasn't about that. I'm not sure I, I buy that. It sounds like a guy who's trying to change his narrative mm -hmm. at the end of the career, make it more about the injuries got him, even though he tried his best. The fact of the matter is this is a guy who's who's kind of at peace with, with what he's done, and if he never does anything else, that's okay, but it's still kind of... A guy who's it's, changing his narrative now. Eerie. And also a guy who sounds like he's preparing for that next phase of his life. Okay, let's let's soften my yeah, relationship soften with the image. media. Yep. Um, let's start opening up a little bit because uh, Brandel Chambly said he's the most impactful player ever, and I repeated this, I'm repeating this, but... Um, he can still be impactful, but to do that, it's going to take, uh, you know, we, we still got to want to know what Tiger thinks about things. He can still 
uh, write a, a, a book about his career. He can still be a very important person in golf, but it's going to be in a different way, and it's going to be, you know, I think we're almost seeing public relations steps yeah. to get to that yeah, next level. To, to, to be impactful while not playing, you have to be quasi-likable. You don't have to be lovable or, or yeah, anything, but you have to be. If you're not playing, you're not fist pumping, you're not making birdies, you're not winning majors by eight shots, you got it. Then, yeah. and you're not doing any of that. You but you still want to be relevant. You gotta get. You, you, you gotta something. give, man. You, there's got to be something in there that you're telling me that I haven't heard before. We'll have to see what happens from here on out. But uh, a reminder: this is the best of 2015 podcast. I'm Will Gray, joined by Jay Coffin, Randy Mel, and Ryan Labner. And guys, we entered the, the year. With Rory McIlroy, a clear-cut number one. And if I had told you in January, not only is Rory not going to be number one, but he's going to get caught by not one, but two other players, you would have reached into your wallet and, and seen how much money you could bet me on that. But that is how it is. Jordan Spieth wins five times. Jason Day wins five times. And we now have as close to a big three, I think, as we've seen in a while. I think we're a little too quick trying to go back to that, the Jack, Arnie, Gary, uh, you know, days and, and try and paint that picture. Arnold. Yeah. Yeah, and try, try and paint that picture. But we have a clear-cut top three at the top of the world rankings in Jordan, Jason Day, and Roy McIlroy heading into the next year. Might be the first time ever that a guy's won four times and he's thought of his, his chopped liver, yeah. right? I mean, he was, he was yeah, forgotten. Yeah, the race to Dubai, yeah. He was forgotten during the, the summer, summer and the fall. Yeah. Totally. He was, he was a complete afterthought. Yeah. And that was still a guy who won a WGC event this year at the match play. Yeah. He's still backdoor to top tens at, at the Masters and the U.S. Open, but... That's what happens when you have the emergence of two really compelling guys and also the worst-time soccer game in the history of golf. I, don't, I think that's a short list. It is. Look at it. So, worst-time soccer game in golf. He has 10. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the Sergio, number one. Sergio's probably one. on there. Yeah, I'm sure he Sergio, yeah, something. Yeah, Sergio had a kick about it somewhere, yeah. maybe after Medina. But it's, it's amazing to see these three. And it, it, personally, I feel like the, the question is always, who's got the highest ceiling? And for me, I'm still saying Rory. That if they're all firing on all cylinders and Rory's not playing soccer, I would take Rory over both Jordan and Jason. But I do not feel as confident about that as I did 10 months ago. I, I agree with you. I, I, think I'd, I think I'd still take it. And sadly, I think I'd probably take Spieth. I'd probably make him third. Which yeah, you is, might. Which is, I which think is, almost clear. Which is that because of the probably is too. Oh, it's just just, just what Jason power. Day showed. He has to be perfect. Yeah, he, Spieth has he, to be absolutely right. perfect. Just because the other guys are so long, Correct. and They're so deadly with their arms. Correct. Their extra gear is is an extra gear and a half. I mean, we've seen we've seen Rory's extra gear, and and Rory's extra yeah. gear is Tiger esque. I mean, yeah. we've seen it at, at majors, and you know, I mean, we saw it just a year ago at, at Royal Liverpool. I mean, when he when he gets it going, man, it is. It's it, a different game. But Jay's Jay's not far behind that. I mean, he gets it just as far as Rory. His irons are just as good, and statistically, at least. He's a better part of the Well, we've seen, we saw saw at Whistling Straits, we saw Jason against Jordan. And clearly, I think that the day's extra gear got him to that point where you just never really felt like Jordan Spieth was was in the mix there when Jason was playing that final round. But we haven't seen day against Rory yet. And that's an interesting lineup that hopefully we'll see at some point soon. Rory's the greatest driver of the ball in the game. Uh, Jason Day can be just as long, but I don't think that Jason's been as as consistent. I mean, he can get off the map with his driver. We haven't seen it long enough, but those two at their best, wouldn't that be fun and Jordan? But the thing about Jordan is he grinds so hard that I don't know that he'll have the highs and lows at those two. Also, he doesn't hit it off line as far as those guys can. So, you know, he He'll grind it away in his consistency. He, he could come out with more wins in a season 
uh, at his best and those two guys at their best. They'll, we well, they'll reel off maybe four in a row or something. Can he also continue to putt this well? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. We, I, there's got to be, that's the there's gotta be a, Jordan, Jordan's eventually going to have a downstretch, whether it's a full season or a couple months. I mean, he, I mean, he's, he has always been a great putter. Yeah, yeah. I, I followed him in junior yeah. golf, college golf. He always makes putts when you don't think he's going to. You feel clear cut? He's the best putter so of his career. Oh, by far yeah, the yeah, best yeah. putter. Yeah, but yeah. I would put Day. Day, put day you, second and Rory. You put a Day. You put Day above Rory in terms of I, putting. No. If, in terms when of we, putting, we talked about no, this. He's before. been a top thirty putter for the last. No, six no but if you're talking about guys, and I know we've had this discussion before, of guys, if you have an eight foot putt for the money, Jason Day was like. 17th on my list of people that I would want to putt that. Not putt. anymore. Well, no, yeah, he's he gotten better. He's Jason gotten better, Day may be, a, may be a better putter than he used to be. I still want Rory over putts that you have to make. Yes. And there's a big difference right there. Jordan and Rory, 9 and 10 times out of 10, I, I'm taking them over Jason Day when we're standing over an 8 to 10 footer that you have to make. Jason maybe, Day maybe, maybe, maybe in the regular. He, uh, he has belief, but he still has that scar tissue. He has missed so many of those putts when it mattered, whether it's the U.S. Open in Marion, whether it's that Masters in 2013 that he probably spit the bid on when Adam Scott won. The PGA last year at Valhalla. Yeah. And missed he, everything. He has missed a ton of, of putts that we have not seen Rory and Jordan miss when it really yeah. mattered. When there's two, three, four holes left in a tournament that they want, you don't see them miss those putts, and you see Jason Day miss them, or you used to. Now, could it be different? This now, is the turning yeah. point in Day's career. Yeah, that's, that's fine, but I can't. Yeah, but I can't project that just off of off of this. You know, it was it was a great stretch, but I've seen much more have a larger sample size from yeah. Rory and Jordan mm -hmm. that that makes me believe that I can trust them when it matters. Yeah. That's fair. I think that putt in Canada for Day was really the it's turning a big point deal. for him. Yeah. In terms yeah. of clutchness. Yeah, I, would, I agree. Clutchness. I think that that. Is that, are we good with that? What's the AP I'm, style on clutchness? Fine. We're going hyphen. You can use it in a story, probably. Have you? Maybe I edited it out. Clutchness. I don't know that we want to go down there's the There's no easy statistic for clutchness. <laughs> well, maybe there should be. But Jordan Spieth would be number one. Jordan Spieth. <laughs> yes, he right, would. When they invent it, they'll just put Jordan Spieth number one. Then they'll everybody else will flow behind. Then they'll fall out the rest. Yeah. We won't talk about who's going to be about 168th on that. But anyway, enough about the PGA. Plenty to talk about on the LPGA as well. We had... Jordan and Jason winning for the guys. You had Inby and Lydia winning for the ladies. Five wins apiece, neck and neck, Randy, in that, that final stretch into that, that last event for who's going to win the Bear Trophy for the scoring average, who's going to be player of the year, who's going to win the CME race to the globe. They ended up pretty much splitting all the hardware, but uh, it was a compelling year from the two of them at the top. It did, and it came down to almost the last shot struck. Uh, Lydia Cole walked off the final green at the CME Tour Championship in the last event crying. You never see her cry because really she thought she had blown it. She thought she had blown her chance for the CME Globe, for the Rolex Player of the Year, and you know, she just barely edged out Envy for those. Envy gets the Vare Trophy, so um, you know, they all came away with, those two who separated themselves all year, all, it was a satisfying finish She for was them. crying because she knew she was going to have to face Randy Mel <laughs> and all those tough, <laughs> hard-hitting, Randy's biting, those biting, those biting questions. I, I was like, oh, man. Is that, is that Randy's, Randy's <laughs> wagging his finger at the scoring <laughs> Is that, Jay, is that because I said you were easy to beat in the, com in the <laughs> argument? Good. You're repaying that one off for a while there, Randy. <laughs> yeah, my paycheck's going to be a little lower. No, I, I think it's, it's, it's good that, you know, we talked about this earlier, that, that they are sort of a package deal right now. I mean, you'd like to see Stacy Lewis or somebody else sort of jump up there and have, her, her, that, have the LPGA have their Facing big Shelley, big three yeah. of sorts. Any, but, any but right now, it's, it's those two. And on any, any given week, it's all about them all the time. It, you look at how many top tens they had. If 
you didn't look at a leaderboard and see their name. You wanted to put out an APB for, yeah. you know, yeah. where's Lydia Cow? Where's if you are yeah. missing somewhere? But you're right. I mean, Stacey Lewis, I feel like she finished second once again while we've been taping this podcast. But, I mean, so many runner-ups still can't get over the hump. She's the Hendrick Stenson of women's golf. They had identical oh. years. Look at you. They had, oh. they had nine top three finishes. They both did. Somebody's, zero, zero Somebody's doing a little bit of yeah. better research. I did want to ask you, Randy, sorry to jump in here, well, no, no. about just about the state of, of Americans. We talk about Cohen in Park, but but after that, just the Americans in general, it was not, I mean, yeah, the Solheim Cup was terrific for American women's golf. But other than that, not really anything to speak of for the American women, is there? Well, you had Brittany Lincecum win the first major of the year. We all know Brittany goes hot and cold, and she likes her fishing time and things like that. <laughs> but, you know, uh, you look at the, American, it, the Americans, it's been Stacey Lewis carrying the banner for a while, but Lexi Thompson, she's right there. If Lexi, it's not that Lexi has a bad short game. She does not have a bad short game, but her short game doesn't compare to the top three in the world uh, Inby, uh, Stacy, and Lydia, they all have excellent short games. And if Lexi's going to challenge them, that'll be where she makes a difference. Because Lexi's ball striking, uh, uh, Stacy Lewis said that if, if Lexi could, was a great putter, nobody would beat her. I mean, Lexi led the tour in greens and regulation. She's, she's right there. She's 20 years old. Are you born a putter or not? If she can make herself. You're born a putter. She, she's yeah. not a bad she's, putter. She's so. not a putter. But, uh, you know. This is a glove. That's true. That's a yeah. Can't be a good putter. You're still using your glove. Uh, Christy Kerr showed us at 38. She isn't done. Um, but we have Allison Lee, I think, another yeah. American to maybe watch. She made the Solheim Cup team. If she can t can keep progressing. Randy, I want to ask you this. This is like Ask Randy. Second the LPGA. We need some theme music. Yeah. How how sold are you on Lydia Ko being a dominant player? To me, it seems like the LPGA is just waiting for a player who has the length of. Lexi and the short game of Inby to come along, and that player's going to, mm. to sweep up a bunch of titles. Inby and Lydia Ko, great players, obviously, but they're ruthlessly efficient. They're you know, not they're medium-length hitters. They're very good with their ball striking, very good putters. How long do you see her dominance lasting? That's the longest question ever, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Jur journalism 101 right there. With <laughs> just keep talking. questions. Well, it was controversial when Lydia left her longtime coach in New Zealand and went to David Ledbetter. And one of the things she wanted was more distance when she went to David. And um, her mother, um, Tina, when she first met with David Ledbetter and Sean Hogan, who works also with David and, and Lydia, was, and, and uh, yeah, and Lydia was, uh, she wanted to turn her fade into a draw to get more distance. And they did exactly that. Now, how great an accomplishment is that? How many players have we heard try to do something yeah. like that and completely lose it? Yeah, and well, she did well, get Martin more Cameron, power. Yeah, I was going to say, Martin Cameron, it took him yeah. three years to, to get off yeah. that. She did. She got more power. And in talking to Lydia after she won the CME end of this season, she thinks, she believes that she can still get more distance. So Lydia is an above-average player in distance, but she's not a power player. And Inby's basically the same, but I think you could see Lydia get another 10 more yards just in, she's 18 years old, she's get, still growing, getting stronger, she's working out, she's working on the swing. So as far as dominance, um, the candle that burns twice as bright burns half as long, I think that's uh, Lydia's, wow. Lydia's deal because she says so she's going to retire at 30, so she's going to be giving it everything. And, uh, you know, we might not see her. We might see her leave the game early like Lorena Ochoa. So can she dominate? I, I think she can dominate for five, six years. But as long as Inby's around, it's going to be really tough. 
Are you going to leave the Randy Mel memoirs with that candle analogy? Is that just going to be kind <laughs> I of stole that. You know, I, I stole yeah, that. You know, it's poor among friends. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be on his tombstone. Uh, all right, so... <laughs> Wow, you were just Debbie Downer here. Uh, so we wow. talked. I don't talk, think I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you? We talked LPJ for a few minutes here. We haven't gotten to the biggest storyline of the LPJ year, and that has to be Gimme Gate and the Solheim Cup in Germany. The, the putt, the concession that wasn't, and all the aftermath that followed, both for Allison Lee, Suzanne Pedersen, the U.S. having that stirring comeback in, in Germany, and pretty much just everything. Mushroom clouded from there, from that one putt. Yeah, nobody wants to go for my phantom concession. It's gimme gate. I wanted it to be the phantom concession. Now we're going gimme gate. That, Everything has to be a gate, Randy. I don't know if you, how okay. plugged in you well, are to that I'm memo. But trying to be original be here. Lavender <laughs> gate will be coming in 2016. You just wait. Yeah. Well, it was fascinating. That whole thing. Jay and I were in there, and it was just fascinating, wasn't it, Jay? The yeah. way things unfolded. Jay called it the perfect storm because it was. It was. It was uh, Allison scooping up her ball. Charlie Hall is walking away, just yep. she's doing that. Suzanne Pedersen is on the far side of the green, so you can't see her. Um, the, the referee, as Allison scooping up her ball, is saying the hole is halved. You know, so you really believed that somehow Allison, even unintentionally, may have been duped the way all these things came together. And um, I, I think it's also fascinating when you look at Suzanne Pedersen believes that she was completely within the rules, she did not break the rules, and yet. She was guilty of a breach of etiquette so egregious it threatened her reputation that you know she wasn't she had violated sportsmanship being within the rules and it was a fascinating debate. Yeah, that, I mean that's the thing is that is that she did nothing wrong yet she apologized but couldn't apologize for what she did wrong because she didn't do anything wrong. That, that's can I repeat that for you? I'd yeah. rather not. But no, that's the that that's sort of what you talk about. That perfect storm is is it was. I mean you can't you know you can't make you couldn't write that if you were writing a book you couldn't write and position everybody exactly yep. where they were and all that stuff. You had the bully. You had a, a couple of young softies out there. I mean you had you sort of had a little bit of everything. And you're right. Suzanne was absolutely vilified for technically not doing anything wrong, apologized, but couldn't say what she apologized for, and that made everybody else involved even more mad because she wouldn't say what she was sorry for. Yeah, it's not. I'm not so sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for how you feel about what Correct. I did. She apologized yeah. a day late Correct. after she was so vehemently Correct. defending her actions. Well, that, that, was was the thing. that was the thing that really the got crisis me. After the team, after the team, the captain, and after Charlie Hall said, "Hey, this is what happened." And, Car and Coke. Everybody was behind her 100%. The next morning, it was, you know, uh, yeah, I checked my Twitter that. feed. I checked that. my Twitter feed. After I told you last night that I would do it all over, over again, I saw my Twitter feed and saw I might not be let back into my country again if it I don't apologize. It completely reeked of a PR yeah. or an outside influence. But you know what? It was awesome. It was the best thing that happened to that tour and that event and for anyone great for not named Suzanne Pedersen. For anyone not named Suzanne Pedersen, it was terrific. Do you think that this will be her calling card, that 10 years from now when you mentioned Suzanne Pedersen, this is what you think about? You don't think about major champion, you don't think about well, Solheim Cup stall, where you think about the putt? Well, golf, golf is, is careers are built on people escaping from difficult spots in golf. Sevi Ballesteros was the master of uh, escaping from tough lies. She's in a tough lie, and I think she can. There is, there is some on tour people players wondering, you know, does she, does she feel like this is something that happened to her or, or, or is she genuinely sorry that it happened? And she made a pledge and an apology that she was going to be an ambassador for the game, that the integrity of the game meant more for her. Well, those words are going to hang there. People will watch to see, does she mean it? Is she going to be an ambassador? Um, and will these other things 
will she show that they do really matter to her sportsmanship? Um, and I think she's trying, uh, and it's a difficult spot she's in. Yeah, I agree. Definitely a difficult spot. We'll have to see. But uh, I think that still, a few years from now, when you say Suzanne Pedersen's Chameleon Word Association, Suzanne Pedersen, Gimme Gate, or Randy for you, Suzanne Pedersen Phantom Concession. I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to build it up. Get a Will she SEO be a captain? She's she's destined to be she's a, be. She's a, a captain. Yeah, she'll she'll be. But then yeah. again, Veronica was a slam dunk captain. That and when she's a captain, happened. Randall Mel will be there front and center and saying, "Oh, by the way, Suzanne, do you remember that rainy Randy. day? That little that little day in Germany? There, do you? Let's let's go yeah, back your over thoughts that. on foot and a half length putts. <laughs> right. Good, good or not? Yeah. yeah, very much. All right. Well, let's shift now. Let's talk superlatives because you know it's fun to talk about that at the end of the year. So we're going to start out with breakout stars from 2015. Ryan, I'll start with you. When I say breakout stars this year, who's on your list? How many am I limited to here? Yeah. Uh, give me two. And what is a breakout star? That's up to you, Jay. Yeah, I mean, you have, you have different categories of breakout star. I would say Jason so Day and Ricky Fowler two. went to the next level. I'd say Matt Fitzpatrick yep. kind of disappeared after his U.S. amateur victory. Now he's probably going to be on the European Ryder Cup team. It looks like a... I don't know like, about that. The, ne the next coming of Luke Donald. Uh, Kevin Kisner is really the one. He he made the biggest jump into the top 20 in the world. He's a top, I think he's 17th now in the world ranking. He's probably in contention now, at least in certain major championships and Ryder Cup teams. I think Kevin Kisner is one who, at age 31, really elevated himself this year. Yeah, for me, I'm looking at it at the t from the top 50 metric. I feel like that's the the understood rule of you're if you're in the top 50, you're a good world class player. You're in the Masters. You're in the WGC events. You're in the majors, and so when we're talking about breakout stars and then disappointments later, that's it's guys who moved in and guys who moved out. So for me, like you said, Kisner started at 236 this year. Now he's up into the top 20. Andy Sullivan is a guy who you couldn't yeah. have picked him out of a lineup a year ago. He wins three times. Jay, you still might not be able to pick him out of a lineup, but that's okay. A sneaky good. He's more with a beard. He's no, not anymore. <laughs> he's a sneaky good interviewer, by the way. Very funny guy. But he's he started out at 150 this year. He wins three times. He's in the top 50 going to the Masters. David Lingmurth, this is a guy, he almost won that Players with Tiger and then lost his card. Had to go back to the Web.com Tour Finals to get his card back. He wins the Memorial, Rose. holds off Justin Rose in a playoff. Those are some guys that, that made yeah, a big I, leap. Well, but see, that's why when we talk about the definition, a breakout star to me can't be a guy that I can't pick out of the lineup. Okay. Like it just, it just. He still hasn't broken it, out in your, it, in your opinion. It can't, it can't be the high a, standard of coffin photo analysis. That's well, that's why I asked the question. I mean, it can't be. There's I certain can, categories of breakout. Is there? Yeah, sure. of course there is. Breakout, a yeah. breakout. Isn't a, a breakout star? It says breakout star. It doesn't say breakout star. Breakout star. It doesn't say breakout schmoes of 2015. I don't have the rules. <laughs> Jay, by all means, who's, who's a breakout Schmo player? Yes, a we, star. I, now that we've spent 90 minutes. Ricky Fowler. Okay. Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. You know what? I mentioned it, him you know, second. You know, you know what's great? It, actually, nobody. It really is Jordan Spieth. Yeah. I mean, talking about a breakout star. I know it seems stupid, but it was. He broke out and won two majors, and we're talking about a Grand Slam at the home of golf. That's kind of a breakout because there is no way on this planet that anybody, including him, expected that to happen. Randy, what do you so say? Lydia Cole for breakout star? I'm still trying to think of who's the breakout schmo. That's a, a breakout It star. might be Andy But I'll Sullivan. give you the Kisner thing. I'll give you the Kisner thing. I, yeah. I picked him out of a lineup. That was, that was terrific. It was yeah. terrific. Absolutely. Yeah. But. Okay, you know, I, I have to represent the women here, you know, for, you know, you guys Ladies, uh, man. overlooking them. Uh, Se-Young Kim. Se-Young Kim yeah. in women's golf. Yeah. Uh, Henderson? Rick, Rick, yeah, yeah, Brooke Henderson? Brooke Henderson? Brooke, I'm not... Her career well, since she was in diapers. Oh, absolutely. Which was only two years ago. <laughs> he won't let me finish. He just presumes. He Imagine just what it's like being married to this guy. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. <laughs> 
Uh, you really ruined my day, this show. Here. But uh, no, I mean, yes, Brooke Henderson. But Say Young won three times. She was the rookie of the year. Uh, but Brooke, what Brooke Henderson did was remarkable, too. If you would have told me at the start of the year that this player would, with, uh, with no status, who's 17 years old, will earn her card by playing sponsor exemptions and Monday qualifying, that's uh, pretty remarkable. She did it, and she won at 17 years old. All right, enough of this cheery stuff. I'm going back to Labyrinth because we're getting back to the depressing part. Finally. There you go. You right. go first. This is in your wheelhouse. Do you want to go first in this? No, this this could suit you, too. I don't, I don't care. Okay, throw it out to either one of you, including Randy. Uh, biggest disappointment. Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. <laughs> wow. It's, it's, it might be the, the moment that I remember the most the entire year, and Jordan Spieth did crazy things. So not Tiger, it, not it might, Phil, no, not I, No, those are, those are I, no, as far as first. It, to me... Yeah. It's that three putt. It's the it's the miss putt. To me, that is almost the moment, the single moment of the year. I agree. Um, um, it's a big deal. The other disappointments, obviously, I mean, Tiger Woods. That's going to be a that's uh, a disappointment just because he's sort of in the state that he's in. Right. So those are those are really I mean, to me those are the the obvious one. A disappointment that Rory. McElroy cheated us all out of the fact of, that we didn't get to watch him play the Open at St. Andrews. I'm, I'm wildly disappointed in Rory. I think Phil Mickelson needs to thank his lucky yeah. stars that we have Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth to take the brunt of the coverage and discussion because he has not won in almost two and a half years Hugely and it's not really being talked about. Yep. Huge pretty good that Masters. I, w I would say that, pretty that good. Dustin Johnson pretty good. was the biggest disappointment. I think a couple of the other guys you mentioned, too. Dustin Johnson, you have to remember, he came back from that six-month hiatus. He talked about how he's a changed person, a changed player. He's going to focus on golf. And, yeah, he is a little bit kinder and gentler. But he showed at Doral really what he's capable of, just completely bombing that, that golf course to death. He came to that U.S. Open, and it actually felt like it was going to be his time, and mm -hmm. then he reverted to the exact same player who gets overcome by the moment and choked once again, just adding to his long list of major and three weeks and later, he, at he the fooled open, us again. He fooled us again. At the Open, we bought it again. After, we're like, Baby, oh, I've changed. He's going to overpower this place. It's rainy around here. He's going to bomb it all over the place, and then... <laughs> yep. Yeah. Big disappointment. Yep. We got sound effects from Jake Hoffman, yeah, too. Good. That was pretty good. I'm going to go with Tiger, and it, it's more a disappointment, I think, for all of us because uh, I, I really wanted to see that historic run at Jack. I remember as a kid, you guys are way too young, uh, watching Hank Aaron uh, with yeah. Babe Ruth, and I, I was about I a foot from, the, <laughs> foot from the TV set. When Hank Aaron hit the, the home run in Atlanta to tire break the road, road was, and it was just, it was so historic, so thrilling to watch him make that chase. And to think about Tiger chasing Jack, to think if he got to 17, imagine, imagine the excitement in the game. I mean, everybody would be watching. It wouldn't matter if you didn't even hear about golf. You would hear yeah. about it. It would be incredible. I would even settle for like a generational battle between Spieth and Rory versus Tiger. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't seem like we're going to get that. Yeah. Uh, a couple others real quick that I want to throw in just because I get to do it as the host. Uh, Billy Horschel, defending FedEx Cup champion, puts up two FedEx top tens. Cup? Two top tens and 28 starts. That's not really going to pay the bills, but he's got $10 million in the bank. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the English golf, changing the guard. Lee Westwood, Luke Donald, Ian Poulter, all three outside the top 50 in the world right now. We saw from Graham McDowell this year what a big difference that can make. When you're not in the top 50, you're not in those big events. Mm -hmm. That Ryder Cup team in 2016 is going to look much different That's on the European side. super interesting. All right, sh shifting focus now. Uh, Jay, I'll start with you because you, you complained. So, yeah, because you complained. Last time. Uh, memorable events. What's your most memorable event? The most memorable event was the players' championship. 
Um, Mo uh, memorable moment was from the U.S. Open, but memorable event. Yes, because the way Ricky Ricky finished right there. I mean, it, it was to me that was the single best golf tournament of, of the year. I agree. To me, it was it was riveting. Everything about it was riveting. Um, you know, I mean, Sergio. I mean, you just just everything was was about it. I mean, just those three was guys there at the end was until the last two hours. Um, it was. De I mean, anytime you like Sergio, no, I feel like he's getting. No, but you know what? That to me carried. It, it basically yeah. carried everything. The last two hours, honestly, are really all that matters. Oh, for, by far the best two hours of the year. It's, yeah. But that's really the only thing that matters. The last two hours of any golf tournament really are the only I thing always, that matters. Not so. That's why the U.S. Open oh. was the best tournament. I always harken back to the 2013 Masters, which was a snooze fest for three and a half days. Until. Until Angel Cabrera starts putting a couple in the water, and then it's all of a sudden an all-timer master. So that, I would say, Laver is, is how you, you kind of pivot and say, all right, I got a snoozer, and now yeah. it's a great event. Yeah, but the U.S. Open was great from Monday to Sunday. It almost no, it was, guys, it was guys yelling at each other about the course. Yes, that was highly entertaining. The setup <laughs> okay. was a disaster. The golf course was something like we've never seen for a U.S. Open. Mike Davis was far too prominent. Jordan Spieth, Jason Day. Patrick Reed was up there, Dustin Johnson. I mean, what more do you want from a from a leaderboard? It came right down to the 72nd hole. That was the best turn of the year. Uh, it wouldn't be if Brandon Graves doesn't park one into Puget Sound on the 16th hole. That only hall. added to the great drama. I'm just saying, we were, we were pretty close to having a Brandon Graves U.S. Open that you would not want to Now, there's a about. potential breakout star. <laughs> yeah. Potential. Randy? Uh, yeah, I, I, on the women's side, you'd have to go to the Solheim Cup, but most people in the States were sleeping when this happened. But you think about... You, just the team events in general, to me, are the, the most exciting events. The Ryder Cup, there's nothing like it. The Masters is, you know, those would be the two favorite events to cover. But those team events uh, where you have, in its match play, and you have winning and losing, not just uh, at the end of the tournament, but every hole, you know, in yeah. matches. And um, the way that's set up with the huge controversy before the singles even started, and then the Americans to use that to rally with this incredible comeback, it was... Uh, it was a pretty gripping, exciting day if you were up and following it. Yeah. Jay, when we're talking moments, I think I agree with you that DJ missing the putt yeah. at Chambers Bay was the moment of the year, just period. But yeah. uh, what else is in contention? What are some other big moments? Well, I mean, it, that, well, that's the thing. You also, you know, I'm big on, like, define, define a moment. So it's still, well, is it is it Spieth continues. winning the Masters or is it him winning the U.S. Open after winning the Masters or is it him just missing out? At the open, you know, I mean, you, you, when you're talking about moments of the year and the year of what Spieth did what he did, I feel it like really, it legitimately has to be him. I'm going to remember DJ because of that single moment. That was the moment of the year. That's yeah. what I'm going to remember. But, but what was Spieth? What was Spieth's number one moment of the year? For me, it was the Open Championship, and it's him in the Valley of Sin missing that putt, and when you exhale and you realize it's over. That, I think I agree, I but, it, but it sort of does disservice. The 16th hole <laughs> okay. when he, when but, he jarred but, that putt. But he didn't, win the, the, he didn't win the tournament, though. If he well, wins that tournament like he did at Chambers, the Spieth moment from the U.S. Open was him making the putt. Yeah, but do people remember that he didn't win the tournament or people remember that he gave himself a damn good chance to win the third? I think, the I think it gets washed away. I think it's, wow, he made a really good putt. He's, he's a good golfer that made a good putt. I don't think that that is the defining moment for him from that tournament. Yeah, it seems like a moment has to be decisive in some way. But I agree, man. I don't think anybody pulled closer to the television set than that moment. Like, wow, yeah, something really special is about to happen yeah. here. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, biggest revelation, Randy, I'll get back to you. When you look back at 2015. I think it's uh, the Tiger Woods resignation that it may be over. And that it's al it was almost stunning to all of us 
to hear because you look at the and it might not be over maybe it isn't over but just this resignation with him that he's coming to terms that maybe it is over um, it is the revelation of the year yeah, yeah to, to me it's that that's it it's that tiger's done you and, feel you emphatically yeah I, do you end I, do, I'm, I'm not happy about it man but I I I really do. Yeah. I, he's not catching, sure as heck ain't catching Jack, and he's not catching Snead, and that, that is a bit of a bummer. But the other one sort of close is that golf is in much better hands going forward than we ever believed eight months ago. Yeah. Little, I mean, right, right in, yeah. in the end of March, from, from then till right now, this game is in much better hands than we ever believed in the post-Tiger era, which so is many, pretty close. So many times this year, and especially this summer, you saw guys – and especially with Spieth, but others, that you expected them to perform at a high level, and time and again they did. They're mm -hmm. always there, always contending. That The the upper echelon performed better this year than perhaps it has yeah. in many of the years mm -hmm. past. I think it got watered down a little bit in the Tiger era. He was playing so well and on such a different level. But you saw five, six, eight, ten different players just really ratchet their game up and, mm -hmm. and play well week in and week out. Yeah, I wrote Tiger is toast uh, for my biggest revelation, <laughs> just considering where we were Strong. in 2013 and 14. I think that... The, maybe 1B of, of biggest takeaways this year, was that the youth movement is bigger, stronger, deeper than really we could have anticipated. It's only going to make it harder for a player to separate themselves the way Spieth did this year because when you're jockeying for these titles now, you have all of these young, fearless players who are going to make a lot of birdies. They're all going to hit it 330 off the tee. They're all going to be really aggressive with their iron shots. That kind of mentality is so pervasive now on the PGA Tour. It's just going to make it really hard to win. The fear is gone. I think that we can all agree with that. That they're, yeah. they're, we no longer have this generation that grows up and expects to, you know, learn the learn on yeah, the fly. Their dues. Yeah, they want they show up, and if I'm allowed to tee it up in this tournament, I'm going to beat you. Mm -hmm. And that mindset has changed. We've seen it not only with speed, but guys like Justin Thomas and Smiley Coffin, Emiliano Grillo. Mm -hmm. All that stuff. And not only that, Lab, you talk about how hard, you know, it's going to be hard for them to all beat each other when they're all playing. You're still going to have the random Adam Scott, Justin Zach Rose. Johnson. You're going to, you're going to have the random 30-year-old who is over the hill in this day. And you're going to have that random catch lightning in a bottle and jump up and win yeah. quite a bit of these tournaments on a year-in, year year-out basis. Indeed, indeed. Well, things seem to be in a very good spot. It's been an incredible year. We've all put up with Ryan Lab for 12 months, so we should pat ourselves on the back for that. But, uh, I just hope I'm still around in 12 months to do this again. I'll let we'll you know. Yeah. Brady's looking at me all sinister. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. Tune in next year and see if Ladner's <laughs> still here. Uh, but thanks for joining us for this podcast at the best of 2015. It was a great year. For Ryan Labner, Randall Mel, Jay Coffin, I'm Will Gray. We'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.